love of blood, the protection of Peru, with the sight of the Moruk and the light of blue, guide me to a path that for me is right, help me use my darkness to create some light, help me embrace the magic inside of me, and so it is, and so mote it What up, witches? Welcome to the Witchuationship Podcast. I am your host, the amazingly adorable Rebecca Thistle, podcasting to you live-ish from my subterranean fortress of solitude, i.e. the basement that I rent out. So let's get into the cards for this week. So I took the primary oracle card from the Oracle of the Shapeshifters, which is a very whimsical deck. And the card is the fairy bee. And it says, my life is sweet. <laughs> and I really, I really like that it's a fairy bee. Because bees are just, are mind-blowing. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about them lately because um, one of the characters in a book I'm listening to right now works with bees. And so he's always going on about the magic of bees. And the, this author is well-renowned for accuracy or as much accuracy as he possibly can manage. Um, anyways, and so I've been thinking a lot of, about how amazing and amazingly nuanced bees can be. <laughs> and how magical they really are. But so often, I, I know I'm guilty of this, all I think about when it comes to bees generally speaking, is what they produce, which is honey. And as long as they're producing that honey far away from me, I'm happy because then they're not going to sting me. They might sting me. But, I mean, bees are so necessary to sustaining our ecosystem. You know, they, they, they help pollinate plants. And and, you know, when all the bees go, then so goes the rest of the world, all of vegetation. And, it, and it's pretty scary. They are so much more powerful than we give them credit. And, and they're so intelligent, too. Like, I mean, um, I think it was the Brain Food Show podcast. Um, although it might be a video on today, I found out. They, they talked one time about how bees will do these little dances that mark out coordinates based on the stars that other bees can interpret later so that they can navigate through the world. It's, it's very complex, and it is so amazing. And generally speaking, all we think about is honey. We think about, oh, how sweet, wonderful honey, especially if it comes in a little squeezy bear, right? We love the squeezy bear. Um, but there's so much more magic and nuance to them that people just don't see. But you know what? That doesn't, just because people don't see it, and like I said, I'm just as guilty as anybody else, just because people don't see the magic doesn't mean that it's not there. So um, I pulled three uh, tarot cards here to clarify this, what, you know, what further insight um, to, we, we ought to be taking away from this. And the first card that came out was the star. 
very, very interesting, especially considering that I talked about, you know, these and their coordinates based on the stars. But what the star represents um, is most people see wish fulfillment. When you wish upon a star, right? That was horrible. I'm sorry. Um, but so often the only interpretation that comes through with the star is a wish fulfillment. Well, that's that's true. That's one way to interpret this. In the context of this, um, of, of these cards and the situation, this energy that I'm feeling right now, um, the star is about holding on to hope. Uh, I used to do a podcast uh, called the Purple Positivity Podcast. It's not available anymore. Don't go looking for it. <laughs> Anyways, um, but when I did that podcast, I would talk about holding on to hope like little twinkle lights, you know, in, in the dark, you know, like those little glow-in-the-dark stars that you put on your bedroom ceiling or wall or whatever when you were a kid that would, they'd glow in the dark and, you know, and you'd feel less afraid at night because we fear the darkness. That's, that's what I, I see a lot of times when I see the star come up is this is about holding on to hope, you know, make your wish and know that it's going to come true as long as you hold on to it. The next card that came up uh, is strength. And my, my quick side note, my daughter has decided that she loves the music from the movie Encanto. She's sort of on the fence about like the movie itself, but she loves the music. And she particularly likes the song Surface Pressure. Uh, I believe that that song is sung by the sister known as Dolores. I'm not 100% sure I need to rewatch the movie. <laughs> Anyways, but in the song, this, this character sings about, you know, she's got superhuman strength. So she literally carries a lot of burdens. But then there's these emotional burdens in her family that she also feels like she has to carry she feels obligated to carry these family burdens and and she can't complain about it she can't say anything about it because she's supposed to be the strong one and so as i'm looking at this strength card right now that's that's what i i sense is that is that because strength isn't just about being able to shoulder a bunch of burdens it's about being able to say hey i feel weak I feel scared. I can't give up, but it is hard. Strength also comes from speaking your truth. And so relating this back to the stars, when you're holding on to that hope and, and you're working towards that wish fulfillment and, and dreams and moving your way through the darkness, understand that strength isn't just about pushing forward. It, yes, that is strength. It is also about speaking up and saying, hey, this is hard on me. Can somebody help me? And finally, we have the Knight of Swords. And the, the sense I get from this card is that one of the ways that we keep up our strength and we hold on to hope is we have to challenge 
the thoughts and ideas and beliefs that we have held. Because if, if, if you don't already know, you know, uh, swords in the tarot represent the element of air. Air is what controls thoughts and beliefs and ideas and so on and so forth. And in the picture for the um, artwork, the artwork from Pamela Coleman Smith um, for the tarot, you have this knight with his sword, but he's charging to towards the left side of the picture. He's coming out of the right, and he's charging the left. And so um, it, it, a way to interpret this is he is attacking the past. He is attacking thoughts, ideas, beliefs from the past with thoughts, ideas, beliefs from the future. So um, this almost goes back to this, <laughs> and I, I know this is going to sound like a toxic positivity type, you know, idea, but it goes, it goes back to this sort of idea of um, acting as if, you know, um, so often we are told to think about the kind of person we want to be and how would that person think and believe and, and therefore act. Well, how would that person feel, therefore think and believe and therefore act? You know, it's, it's sort of that pattern. But oftentimes it is easier to start with how would that future self think. And so by embodying as often as possible those thoughts and that, that, that way of believing in the present based on what we want to be in the future, we can work towards something better, right? But with the Knight of Swords, part of that, you know, acting as if, thinking as if, believing as if, right, that involves tearing down some thoughts and ideas that we have held for way too long that no longer serve us. And um, so to go back to the fairy bee is, you know, my life is sweet. You know what? It's not an easy process. Embodying uh, strength and the knight of, of swords and uh, the star and holding on to hope when you're also having to face down um, the demons in your head. I hate to put it like that, but I like to call it battling dark elves. I'm sure I'll explain that in a future episode. But um, anyways, but when you're having to face down these things and you're having to allow yourself to be vulnerable as, as part of being strong, which sounds like an oxymoron, but it's it's really not, um, and you're having to hold on to little twinkle lights of hope in the darkness, it's hard to believe that your life is sweet. But just like these these tiny bees seem unimportant because nobody seems to be panicking about you know bees are slowly you know going extinct um but just like those those bees seem so insignificant and yet are so important so too is this process this difficult process of holding on the hope in the darkness and learning how to be strong in unconventional ways and tearing down 
previously held beliefs about yourself and about the world, etc. That's how you make the honey of life. I, I, I hope that makes sense. Okay, so all that being said, let's move on to the main show. All right, let's get into this. So I know it seems very counterintuitive to talk about affirmations as part of shadow work because, you know, you want to go, well, well, isn't that like light work? No, actually, affirmations are healing work. And honestly, um, a lot of the things that we've already talked about uh, with relation to shadow work um, are, are part of how you find, create, and use affirmations. So, I, I, man, I hate, I hate referencing Dr. Phil in a positive way because fucking Dr. Phil, right? But um, he made a really good point on multiple occasions because Dr. Phil, anyways, um, that when you are breaking a habit, you're not actually breaking a habit. You're replacing it. Um, so usually he uses this philism in reference to things like dieting. So, for example, you know, if you have a habit of snacking on certain foods, what you do, what you do isn't so much to stop it, you know, in the Bob Newhart stop it sort of way, but <laughs> you're welcome, Generation X. Um, what what you're doing is instead of picking up the bag of chips, you're choosing to pick up the bag of carrot sticks as an example instead of cre uh, instead of stopping one habit you are transitioning that habit into something completely different if that makes sense and that's what affirmations seek to do because um this both of these ideas you know the, the snacking habits um are related to this uh, concept of neuroplasticity. So let's talk a little bit about neuroplasticity. All right, so let's talk a little bit about neuroplasticity, okay? So very basically, neuroplasticity is this idea that your nerve responses can be modified. Yeah, I know it sounds like some clockwork orange bullshit, right? Clockwork orange bullshit. <laughs> I think I said clockwork. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, but that's, you know, and it sounds like, oh, no, you know, it's, it's, it's manipulation. It's mind control and all that, except you're the one controlling your mind. So um, the way neuroplasticity was explained to me um, or the way that I interpreted the explanation of neuroplasticity, I should say, is uh, it, this trope in cartoons, right, where a character is talking themselves through an ethical conundrum or, you know, something. 
and they're talking themselves in circles. And as they're talking themselves in circles, they're pacing around in circles. And they pace around and they talk around and they pace around and they talk around and the next thing they know, they're in a donut-shaped trench, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, well, that was weird. And so they have to jump out of it. That's neuroplasticity. The more you go from the more you respond to similar stimuli in a very specific way, the more likely you are to have that response. That's the bad news. The good news is that you can replace it. And much like the replacing a bag of chips with a bag of carrot sticks, in your thought patterns, you are replacing a certain thought response or emotional response with a different one. And the way that you can replace that is using affirmations. So I'll give you an example of how, how this works, right? So uh, shortly after my son was born, I was going through a depressive episode. And everybody kept saying that it was postpartum depression. And, and I'm sitting there like, uh, no, it's the same depression that I've had all my life. It's just, I, incidentally, I just had a baby. And I was living in a very toxic environment, and I didn't want to admit it because that would mean that I was weak and, you know, and all this stuff. So anyways, to appease everyone around me, I went back into therapy. And I was talking to my therapist about how... Anytime something went wrong, regardless of how big or how small it was, you know, like I could stub my toe, you know, like my, my son could throw up all over myself or I could stub my toe. It didn't matter what the hell was going on. My first response was to think, I wish I were dead. And my therapist challenged me to think about, you know, why, why I would do that. Because I really honestly didn't wish I were dead. You know, I just had a baby. I loved my son. And I loved being a mom. You know, I felt like I had a purpose, but this thought kept coming up because I felt worthless and I felt useless and, and all these things. And so anyways, he, he said, well, well why, why do you think you would have that thought pattern? And I sat there and I thought about it and I went, I think it's because in a lot of ways I feel like I'm dead inside, but I'm still alive on the outside. And I feel like the two should match. And so he goes, okay, well then why not change it to I wish I were alive? And I went, huh, you know what, I, 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 I think I will. And so this goes back to um, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with being aware of your thoughts. Every time I was aware of having the thought, I wish I were dead, I would stop. I'd say no, either out loud or in my head. I would say no, I wish I were alive. And there were days when I had to do that like literally every two to five seconds. And then the more I did it, the less I needed to do it. So much so to the point that every 
major depressive episode I have had since then, I have not had the thoughts, I wish I were dead. I have had the thoughts, I wish I were alive. Um, I mean, the closest that I, that I could come to the thought, I wish I were dead, was I think this world would be better off without me. But that thought was always immediately replaced with, I wish I were alive. To this day, my son is eight years old. <laughs> he just turned eight back in December of 2021. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Neuroplasticity is a thing, and affirmations absolutely work. All right, so let's get into this, right? <laughs> it seems super hypocritical. Uh, for me to talk about um, affirmations as being effective and um, very important to shadow work. Uh, when in episode two, I talked about all these different aspects of law of attraction uh, techniques and why they don't work for people with ADHD. And affirmations was one of them. But I didn't get into a lot of detail. And there was some nuance that I was careful to put in there because <laughs> people are still so stuck in, in binary ways of thinking that, that they don't often hear those, those nuanced caveats, like how I just said. They often, that doesn't mean 100% of the time, it just means more than 50% of the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm not frustrated at all with people making snide little comments on posts and stuff that discount the nuanced language that I was careful to use because I do understand that there is nuance in every situation. Anyways, so the reason that I talked about affirmations not working uh, in relation to law of attraction, culture, and ADHD is because a lot of the affirmations that you will come across when you're working on attracting something into your life using the law of attraction, a lot of the affirmations you're going to come across are going to be extremely long-winded and verbose and just too much to say. And, like, I don't know if you remember the show um, Daria from the late 90s. One of my favorite shows of all time. Anyways, um, uh, there was a teacher on there. It's, you know, a lot of these characters are extremely exaggerated, but Mr. O'Neill was this exaggerated version of that teacher that really wants to give you self-esteem and confidence and, you know, stuff like that. There was an episode where they showed him going on a teaching conference thing with the other teachers and the principal from Lawndale High School, and there's a scene where he's about to go to sleep in the hotel room, and he's saying an affirmation, and he's saying, I, I can't even remember the exact wording of it, but, you know, this is 
very typical of a lot of uh, affirmations you will come across. Um, but he was saying something to the effect of, I will wake up in the morning refreshed and confident and ready to face the day. And that is a wonderful thing to say, especially before bed, because a lot of times the way that we wake up is a direct reflection of how we go to sleep. And if you've ever heard of the miracle morning, this is one of the things that comes up with that. Don't buy the book. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I may... Um, I think I may cover that in a, in a later episode because honestly, the book is a waste of money. Uh, <laughs> but if you're if you're curious, and if for some reason I never actually get around to doing an episode about the Miracle Morning, um, look look it up on on YouTube. There are like videos that are ten minutes long that can explain to you everything about the Miracle Morning in in the, in a short video, and it'll save you about. 20 to 30 bucks so anyways but the one of the things that comes up in relation to the miracle morning is the way you start your miracle morning uh is not in the morning you start before going to bed and you decide when you go to sleep how you're going to wake up and so affirmations can be a wonderful way of creating that mindset as you're going to sleep of what kind of day you're going to have the next day when you wake up. You know, so there's, there's validity to saying an affirmation at bedtime. This being said, Mr. O'Neill's affirmation does not work for me because, first of all, I have watched that episode. God only knows how many times over the course of my lifetime, and I still cannot remember what the actual affirmation was. That's, that's really hard to remember. Second of all, <laughs> my most effective affirmations, and I think I mentioned this in episode two, uh, my most effective affirmations are rhythmic. Um, there are some really good ones. That, they're like affirmation songs and uh, chants because it's not just me that does this, although it's really hard. Like I... I did a lot of Googling about this and couldn't find anything about affirmation chants. But, um, but there are a lot of really great affirmation chants that do work. But the ones that are most effective for me are the ones that I created, that I made rhythmic. So my favorite one to say, um, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated, my favorite affirmation to say is, yes, I can, yes, I can, I am good enough. And that sounds like, oh my gosh, that is so, that, that is so simple. It, it's so simple, it should not be effective. But here's the thing, is I realized that the biggest lie that I tell myself is, I can't. And the reason I tell myself this lie is because somebody else told me this lie over and over and over again throughout my life related to various different things, but still. And so I have to undo that lie that I can't. And the way that you undo that is you say, yes, I can. And so, yes, I can. Yes, I can. I am good enough. I love saying it when I go walking. 
you know, because it, it helps me keep a good pace while I'm walking. Um, my brain associates the endorphin rush from the physical exercise and the being out in nature and all that wonderful stuff with the positive words that I'm saying under my breath. I'm sure there are passersby that think I'm crazy. Well, you know, <laughs> that's where the second part of that affirmation comes in. I am good enough. And if they really want to know what the hell I'm doing and why the hell I'm doing it, they can stop and they can ask me and I will happily explain to them what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And maybe they will start doing it and they can improve their lives instead of criticizing random people on the street. Anyways, that sounds extremely toxically positive. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's not. It's a little bit bitter, but it's not. Anyways, the point is, is that when I created affirmations to heal my inner pain, my inner pain healed. So like I said, the, the biggest, the biggest lie that I, the biggest lie that I tell myself is what if? But that's not true because I just said that the biggest lie I tell myself is I can't. So it's actually two big lies. What if and I can't. But really it's three. So the three biggest lies that I tell myself are what if I can't and what if I can't. Nobody expects the positivity inquisition. <laughs> but these are all lies is because... Yeah, you can sit there and you can ask, what if? But you're not going to know unless you try. So that's a lie. And you don't know that you can't unless you try. So, you know, again, going back to the replacing thought patterns with different thought patterns. The more I said, yes, I can, yes, I can, I am good enough. The more I was willing to take chances. And I'm still working through a lot of lifelong trauma surrounding if you don't get immediate results, then you need to stop and do something more, quote, unquote, realistic. But it's, it's easier to work through those thought patterns or work through those traumas when I am actively, daily combating them with these new thought patterns. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I am good enough. I choose love. I love me. I choose love. I love me. I speak my truth with confidence and clarity. I speak my truth with confidence and clarity. I am creative. I am smart and strong. By the way, these are these are all chance to change. These these are all mine. Um, and did I mention it in this, or was it in a segment I lost because my microphone was? Anyways, I'm thinking about putting these uh, up on YouTube, re-recording the audio, and then you know making them into videos and putting them up on YouTube to share with the world. Because why wouldn't I? So. Um, I'll keep you posted on, on whether or not or when those will be up. 
and uh, funnily enough, by the time this episode drops, it, it may be it may be there. <laughs> Who knows? If I if I get that that fire lit under my ass. Anyways, moving on. Alright, so once you have found an actual affirmation that works for you, worded the way that you want or need it to be worded, what do you do with it then? I recommend saying it out loud at least 33 times a day. And the reason I say 33 is because numbers. But I mean, honestly, it comes down to what number you feel comfortable with. You know, if 17 is like your magic number, absolutely say it 17 times. Whatever, whatever number makes you happiest, okay? 33 makes me happy. <laughs> Although sometimes 55, but, you know, that's, that's another thing. Um, I would recommend, you know, to go back to a more witchy angle of this. I would also recommend saying your affirmation as you're stirring your morning coffee or your morning tea um, and make sure to be stirring in a clockwise motion because especially if you're bringing in something um, you know like yes I can't for instance we're gonna say yes I can yes I can I'm good enough yes I can yes I can I am good enough stirring in a clockwise motion um, uh, you can look into like little spices uh, cinnamon is a very popular spice for when you're trying to manifest something into your life. Um, you know, so put a little bit of cinnamon in your coffee or a little bit of cinnamon in your tea and stir in a clockwise motion and say your affirmation. Because affirmations are basically a non-specific magic spell, <laughs> really, honestly. Like, you know, because... Magic spells involve, you know, certain ingredients. You don't necessarily have to have these certain ingredients. Sometimes all these, all of these ingredients are is a pen and a paper, right? Um, but yeah, magic spells involve some sort of ingredients and then some intention spoken out loud. It doesn't necessarily have to rhyme or be rhythmic. It just has to work for you. Um, I just personally find uh, rhythmic and or rhyming incantations slash affirmations to be most effective for me. So I'll give you another example. So there's this uh, sound on TikTok, <laughs> which you will be hearing a lot from me because <laughs> I spend way too much time out there. But there's this sound on TikTok that is uh, essentially a money affirmation, but I use it as a magical incantation. And uh, you may have heard it if you're on TikTok. Uh, at some point, you may have heard it. It says, ching, ching, ching goes a money tree. And every time a ching money comes to me, it all flows in so abundantly from the top left, right, and up under me. Wave, 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 I'm a money wave. Money flow, money flow, money made. Flowing in and out plus money saved. Debt, 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 all debt is paid. And yeah, that's a pretty long one. But 
every time I say it, I get so happy. It makes me happy. And and like I said, I, I say it about 33 times a day. <laughs> I, I actually, um, I even made yesterday, um, and, you know, I mean, by the time you hear this, this will be two weeks ago, but I made uh, a uh, hand sanitizer. I say I made hand sanitizer. I got, you know, I have a big jug of hand sanitizer because COVID, right? Uh, but it's unscented. So I, I put in a smaller bottle. I put some um, Christmas wreath slash evergreen uh, essential oil in the bottom of this little plastic bottle. And then I put in, filled it the rest of the way up with um, hand sanitizer, shake it up. And so as I, and so at any time I need to sanitize my hands, I shake it up and I say the ching, ching, ching goes the money tree. And, and then I put some on my hands like I'm about to do right now. And as I'm rubbing my hands, ching, ching, ching goes the money tree. And every time a ching, money comes to me. It all flows in so abundantly from the top left, right, and up under me, etc. So that's that's another way that you can do that. Um, I have uh, I have a, a body spray slash deodorant that I make again using essential oils. Uh, it's all uh, citric, uh, citrusy essential oils. Oh no, and a little bit of tea tree. But tea tree actually goes well with. Um, most essential oils, but especially the citrus ones. Anyway, so it's uh, sweet orange, um, lemongrass, because I ran out of, like, proper lemon. <laughs> but they have very similar properties. And then grapefruit. And then, again, a little bit of tea tree. And then I put a squirt of hand sanitizer in there and a little bit of salt for protection, and like regular sea salt, and then a little bit of... Um, pink Himalayan salt, uh, which has similar uh, energetic properties to rose quartz. So it's protection, but protection in the name of love, if you will. Um, and then fill it the rest of the way up with water, shake it up, and squirt it under my armpits, <laughs> where it's stinkiest, um, and all that. And I, I smell like a fruit salad, but I'm happy fruit salad. And that's, while I'm spraying it, that's, that's when I'm saying, Things like, yes, I can, yes, I can, I am good enough, and or I choose love, I love me. I say these, I say these affirmations as I'm spraying myself with this magic potion. <coughs> affirmations and incantations are so powerful. And the more you say them, the more powerful they are. I mean, I think there's some dispute about this because... Sometimes people say, well, the more you say an affirmation, the more or the less likely it is to actually come to fruition if you're trying to manifest something like me and my money hand sanitizer, right? And the reason I put it in the hand sanitizer is because I want money in my hands, man. I want my hands to be evergreen with that wealth and prosperity. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's less about saying it because you don't have it yet and more about saying it because you're aligning yourself energetically with that which you seek to manifest that life that you want to lead 
You know what I mean? So that's some ways that you can incorporate affirmations. Uh, you don't necessarily have to write out the affirmations. If you feel like it will be effective, absolutely do. I used to write out affirmations every single day. And when I say write out, like I said, I type them out because writing something repetitively actually is a trauma trigger for me. Um, but typing it isn't. <laughs> Physically writing it is, but typing it, nope. Uh, so, because I, I'm a fast typer, so it doesn't honestly take that long. And um, furthermore, the uh, sound of the keys actually, like this, the sound of the clickety, clickety, clickety. Oh, I love that sound. I know, I'm weird. <laughs> Although some of you are nodding along like, mm -hmm. yep, I get it. Um, but I love the sound of the keys. I love the way they feel under my fingers. And so, like, that actual process makes me happy. Uh, which is why, you know, 111 uh, times typing out an affirmation honestly doesn't feel like much because it makes me so happy. And, and like I said, pretty sure that I said this earlier in this episode because I've had to re-record certain segments over and over and over again. But I used to type out affirmations on my computer while listening to a guided meditation. And so because I wasn't so focused on worrying about capitalization and punctuation and spelling and all that, because I knew what I was doing, I was mostly just in the mood for typing out something that I wanted to manifest in my life. And the guided meditation allowed me to stay in a place for an extended period of time where I was energetically aligned, which the thing, with the thing which I sought to manifest. Has it manifested yet? Ah, yeah, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Not everything. Uh, but that's, that's another story. Anyways, so... You know, it, so often you're going to see on, um, on blogs about affirmations and mindset shifts and stuff like that. They're going to say, no, you need to write it out by hand. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You need to write it out however you feel comfortable. Like, I mean, if, if you want to write it out by hand, by all means, please do. Uh, get yourself a specific... Uh, affirmation journal or a manifestation journal where you like you, you know, you get this this special journal and you're like, okay, have, you, know, you do a little light a candle and, you know, set the intention that whatever you write in this journal will come to fruition, will come true. And that's where you can write your affirmations if you want. If you don't want to do it that way, if you're like me and you want to type them out on your computer and save the file, absolutely do that just so that you can see your progress. If you want to delete the file, absolutely do that because you don't need to save it. The universe, the powers that be, know what know what you're going for, and they've heard your intention, and they're gonna they're gonna make it happen. The universe always says yes. So um, that's that's why I don't like using negative language in affirmations. You know, words like don't or won't, or not, or no, or anything like that. So, um, 
for instance, um, one affirmation I came across at some point was, I no longer live from a place of fear. Instead, I live from a place of love. And I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that because, you know, the, the universe has a funny way of not hearing the word no. <laughs> so, um, so I changed that to um, I embrace faith. I release fear. I embrace faith. I release fear. No negative language there. It was just essentially commanding. I have faith over fear. And it took a while because my brain wanted to like invert the two. So I was, I, more than one time I accidentally said, I embrace fear, I release faith. And that was just hilarious. But I put myself back on track. Anyways, so yes, these are some ways that you can use affirmations on a daily basis. You don't have to be as gung-ho about it as I am, but as long as you are repeating your affirmations and you are wording them in a way that makes it easy to repeat those affirmations and not burdensome or frustrating so that you are associating happy feelings with those affirmations, um, all the better. <laughs> uh, so all of this being said, um, I have been considering offering like affirmation coaching type sessions. I don't actually know what to call it, but um, if you would like help modifying affirmations uh, that you like so that they can serve you, if like you know, if you're like me and you need them to be short and sweet and rhythmic, um, you know, I I have a degree in English. I know how to make things metric. I know all about iambic pentameter. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've thought about offering a service to help with modifying affirmations or if you don't even know what affirmations may or may not work for you at all, um, I can do a session with you to talk about what it is you're wanting to change or you're needing to change, and I can come up with affirmations to help you change that, like personalized affirmations specifically for you. Um, or even if you don't know what it is that, that you need to change, but you're like, yeah, something's got to change, you know, maybe affirmations can help me. <laughs> then, uh, you know, we can sit down and we can talk about... Um, where your life is, where your mindset is, and I can, again, personalize some affirmations to help you uh, adjust these things. Um, that, sounds like, that sounds like a lot of fun for me because, I, I mean, I enjoy doing this for myself. I reckon I would enjoy doing it for other people even more. So, I mean, if you're interested in that, um, definitely uh, let me know. Uh, if you go to my website, Thistlegrow.com, T-H-I-S-T-L-E-G-R-O-W.com. Um, you can click on the link that says Facebook page, where, where the Thistle Grow Facebook page is, um, and you can send me a message through there, and we can, we can have a talk about it, uh, about how, how you would like this to work. Um, like I said, I'm thinking about putting Chance to Change up on YouTube, 
Um, and by the time this airs, it may be there. If it's not, don't come out of me because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I've tried learning how to use video editing software, and it is just, and I say software, you know, like apps. And it, is, it has just been frustrating. And so I guess I need to find the right app that will work for me because disabilities are fun. But yeah, uh, so anyways, <laughs> if that ends up being a thing, I'll definitely uh, be posting on the Thistle Grow Facebook page about it. Um, I also have set up a fan page for this podcast. Um, and I need to link that on my website in and of itself. So anyways, you, uh, if you go to thistlegrow.com, uh, there are multiple ways that you can connect with me, and we can we can talk about whether or not this would be something that could help you, and uh, how it would work, and all that fun stuff. So um, again, thistlegrow.com. Uh, you can check me out on TikTok. Uh, my inbox is pretty much always open. I don't know if TikTok will let me accept uh, messages from non-mutuals anymore but I mean you can try <laughs> um, so yeah again my in, my inbox on TikTok is always open you can find me on TikTok at Rebecca Thistle 923 that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-T-H-I-S-T-L-E 923 that is my uh, username on TikTok so yeah does that cover all the promotions that I need to do for my stuff? <laughs> I need to make an affirmation for <laughs> doing this. By the way, if you already follow me on TikTok, every single day I do a video saying, by the way, <laughs> this is your daily reminder that I host a podcast called The Wituationship. <laughs> and that's actually part of my trauma healing because I've, I have spent so long just like, no, I shouldn't promote myself because I don't deserve to promote myself. If I do, like, people will think that I'm self-centered and narcissistic and all this. And fucking everybody does self-promotion to some degree, so why shouldn't I? So I force myself every day to do at least one self-promotional video. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, you can check me out on TikTok, Rebecca Thistle923. Website is thistlegrow.com. And if ever I decide to actually set up that uh, YouTube page, I'll give you that information when it's available. Until next time, remember to be magical because you are magical. Love you.